You are listening to Church Unlimited Students, a ministry of Church Unlimited. If God is speaking to you through this podcast, we encourage you to share this resource with your friends. And make sure to connect with us on social media by following at Students. Thank you for listening to Church Unlimited Students. All right, I'm ready to go now. Okay, so we're talking about Moses. Say Moses. Moses. Say Hebrew. He was a Hebrew. He was one of the Hebrew uh, men and women. He was born a Hebrew, which is basically an Israelite, Israelite, and they were slaves in Egypt. Say Egypt. So who was slaves to the Egyptians? Hebrews, that's exactly right. I kind of complicated that, but the Hebrews were slaves to the Egyptians, and Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, say Egypt. Say Pharaoh. Who's the king of Egypt? All right, you're learning some history at the same time and learning God's words, it's pretty neat. All right, so Pharaoh says, hey, kill all the Hebrew babies. And so the mom of Moses just had a baby. She's like, they're not gonna kill my baby, so I'm gonna put it in a basket and put it on the river. Sounds like a very intelligent decision. So she puts the baby in the baskets, floating down the river. Pharaoh's daughter finds the baby. King of Egypt that said, kill all the babies, finds the baby, the daughter, and says, I'm gonna adopt this baby. Long story short, she adopts the baby. And then Moses realizes he's Hebrew. I think he grew up understanding that from how I understand the passage. The movie, The, uh, the King of Egypt, I think is what it's called, plays it out a little bit different, but that's not scripture, that's Disney. Um, the first time I read that, I was, watched that, I was like, oh, this is exactly how it went. And then I read the passage and I'm like, this is not at all how it went. But at the same time, it helps you kind of get a picture of the scripture, which I'm trying to do for you tonight as well. And so he's a slave, I'm sorry, the Hebrews are slaves to the Egyptians. He lives at the king's house and he's a Hebrew. So he grows up and he realizes that his family, his people, his everybody are slaves and getting beaten up every day. And they're having to work probably 18 to 20 hours a day. And they're like, I can't do this anymore. And he's sitting there and he's watching this and he gets mad. And so one day he sees these two men or this one man kind of beating up a couple slaves or something like that. And he says, you know what? I'm gonna kill this man. And so he takes him and he kills him. I don't know how he kills him. He kills him and he buries him in the sand. No one really knows what's going on because he kind of does it in secret. The next day, some people found out. He's like, people know about me. They know me as a murderer. Then his granddad, you think you have family problems. You think you have dysfunction. His granddad, which is Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is trying to kill him. And so Moses was a Hebrew, but he lives at the king of Pharaoh's house because his daughter raised him. So his granddad is trying to kill him. Talk about family dysfunction. Anybody have granddads trying to kill you? I don't think so, I hope so. Middle school raised his hand, I'm like, if he's serious, I feel really bad. And I wanted to make fun of him, but I was like, I don't think he's kidding. So we, we talked later, it, it was a joke. Uh, but anyway, same time, uh, kind of a scary situation. His granddad's trying to kill him, and so what does he do? He runs. He runs far, far away, hours and days and days away, so he's living basically in the wilderness and the desert. He meets this woman, he says, hey dad, can I marry your wife? He gets married, and then he's in the wilderness, which is the desert, and he sees a burning bush. And when you live in the desert, you probably see burning bushes or things burning all the time because it's hot, just like Texas. And so when it's hot, he sees things burning. I was at my house the other day, it's a little beside note, and the, the mulch in my house caught on fire. What kind of sick place is this? Like, like that is jacked up. I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm like test driving, a, somebody's test driving my truck because I sold my truck, and I pull up and like 10 people are gathered around my mulch and I'm like, there's nothing excited in that mulch. I pick the weeds out of it every day. And they go over there and like, the mulch is on fire. I'm like, what in the world? There's smoke coming up and it smells like a campfire. This is the desert, y'all. I didn't plan on moving to a fire pit. Anyway, that's a side note. Um, 
I don't know what just happened. This is probably gonna happen a lot tonight. I'm just thinking about mice and snakes and microphones touching the back of my head. Uh, and so anyway, back to the story. So he sees this burning bush and he's like, what in the world is going on? That bush is not burning up. And we open up to Exodus 3, verse two, if you got your phone, device, or Bible. I'd love for you to follow along with me. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of a fire within a bush. Whenever it says angel of the Lord in the Bible, it's typically capitalized because many theologians, and I agree with this, believe that's the pre-incarnate Jesus, which means it's Jesus before he came to the earth showing up on earth in different, basically, forms. He's showing up at a, as a fire in this point. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over there and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't this bush burning up? Kind of like we just talked about. Verse four, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out from the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses replies, here am I. Do not come closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. In the Old Testament, it says that if you look at God face to face, then you will die. And so he's like, I don't wanna die. He covers up his face. Verse nine, the Israelites cry for help has come to me, and I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore go, I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, his people, Hebrews, out of Egypt. So he's walking up, he sees this bush, and I, I can't imagine, like this would just scare the snot of me. Obviously I get pretty scared because I've been scared like four times tonight, but if you're walking up to a bush that's not burning up, and like I said, they probably see bushes burn up pretty, pretty regularly, because he's like, man, it's a pretty remarkable sight. That bush has been burning for like five minutes. Like, I wanna walk up and, and see what's going on. And the, he walks up, and the bush starts talking. Like, I'd probably be like, whoa, like, what? What's going on? Like, I'm about to pull a water hose out on you, fool. And I mean, I probably would talk to the bush at that point because it's talking to me. But at the same time, like, it was probably a very scary sight. He's probably freaked out. But then he says, here am I. So obviously he knows he's probably encountered God before in this way. I don't know if he has or not. I, I don't recall the passage in which he did because he encountered God a lot face-to-face, -face, essentially. But following this, excuse me, but in this passage, he encounters God essentially face-to-face. -face. The fire of God, the angel of the Lord, and, and Moses is standing right there and he's talking to him. And he says, you know what? You gotta go back and face your fears. Yes, you killed a man. Yes, you abandoned your people that were slaves and all of them were probably gonna die when you could have saved them. I mean, the Hebrews, the Israelites, synonymous words, the Hebrews were probably like, listen, we got one of our people in the king's house. Like, he's gonna save us. Like, we are okay. And then he kills a man, and then he leaves everybody. So he abandons everything. He has to face the fear of his past. He's freaked out. He doesn't know what to do, but he, faced, he has to face the fear of the past. So Moses had some major fears. Have you, has anybody ever encountered like a, does anybody like bugs, first of all? Anybody like bugs? When my daughter was a baby, she liked bugs a lot. Now she's scared. A couple of y'all do like them. That's okay, I get it. I don't really understand, but that's fine. Uh, I don't, I've said this before. I think I said it last week. I don't like roaches. Let me show you a picture of a roach. Oh, gosh. No, I'm not bringing a roach out here. There's no way. I didn't face my fears. That's a roach. And like, I, this is, so when I see a roach, like y'all see that and you're like, oh, it's so, and some of y'all are like, oh, it's actually pretty. No, that's not pretty. That's disgusting. So it's uh, the little fur and the thing hanging off so you can climb everything. Oh, it's just nasty. So this is what I see when I see a roach. Next picture. 
Like, I see it looking at me, and it's like, whenever I see a roach, this is what I hear. Hey, I'm gonna eat you. Like, I hear roaches talking to me. Yes, thank you, Jocelyn, you're with me. Like, like I hear them talking to me. Like, yes, I know I'm insane in the membrane and all that kind of stuff, but like, I, I just, I see roaches and I see the face and like, hey, and they got that deep voice. They talk to me exactly like that, Dylan. Like they literally talk to me. It scares the living daylights out of me. I don't like roaches. Last night, last night, everybody listen up. You gotta hear the story. Last night, thank you, Chad. Last night, say last night. Last night, 3 a.m. Yeah, that's the worst time. My wife says, quick, get up, get out of bed. And I'll get up and I'm like, What's your problem, woman? Why are you yelling at me? You know when you wake up in the middle of the night and somebody wakes you up like that? Like, you're either ready to fight or you have no idea what's going on. Like, it was a mix between the two. I'm like, what's wrong? And then she says, turn on the light. And I'm like, what's a light? And then she says, the light next to the bed. And I'm like, turn on the, the, the lamp, sorry. And I, I, I turn on the lamp and, and, I, and I look and she says, a roach was on my face. I'm with you, I'm with you. And I'm like, holy monkey bars, like there is no way. And she says, look on my pillow, and there's a roach about that big on her pillow. Like it was the biggest, nastiest things, and it had wings, and it's like, woo, woo. It looked like a velociraptor on my wife's pillow. And so I go over there to the other side of the bed, and I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm like, thank God it was my wife and not me. I can't say that out loud, but I'm saying it right now, so don't tell her I said that. And so, and she's like, quick, go get something. I run in the other room, and of course, the paper towels are out because that's what you kill them with. So I gotta grab napkins that are like real thin and all that kind of stuff. So that means you gotta feel the, the shell cracking when you kill it, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, some are like, I had to do that before. Yeah, it was the worst thing ever. And so I grab a few napkins, and I come up to her, and she's like, you better kill this thing, you better kill it. And so I, I grab it, and squeeze it, and I just pull it off, and I put it on the floor, and I'm like, oh! And then it just runs off. And I'm like, ah, this roach, I can't stand him. And then, and so this is what I typically do whenever I see a roach, because we have a lot of palm trees in our backyard. We have several palm trees in our backyard. A couple of them are big, so unfortunately we have a couple of roaches. We're very clean, we have a couple of roaches. And so whenever I see him, this is what I typically do. I, I try to kill it, but if I don't kill it, I, I like to just let it go, because then I don't have to worry about it. And I like to just act like it didn't happen and, and there's not a roach roaming around my house and you're like, you're sick. Yes, I know I am, but, but that way I don't have to like kill it and hear the crack of the shell, you know what I'm talking about? And then the white guts that pour out the side, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, oh, I know, I know. I know, it's disgusting. I'm sorry I'm giving you the picture, but, but like I, I like to just like forget about it and act like it doesn't happen. And then I don't see it in the light and then in the night it flies in my wife's head and she says she felt fluttering in her hair. Like seriously, I'm not joking, that's not one lie, one bit. Sometimes I do exaggerate, that's no exaggeration at all. And so that's what I do, I typically just like, I kinda turn my head to roaches because I don't even wanna mess with them, I hate them. So here's what I also do. I know they talk like, hey, I'm looking at you, sir, and I'm like, get away. Um, so this is what I also do. My, wa my wife and I had a baby, her name's Aspen Joyce, and you all met her, I'm gonna show a picture of her real quick. Of her, of her real quick. That's her today, isn't she adorable? Uh, man, I love my daughter. She's a blessing. She's a lot of fun. But um, I've told you all this before. You may not realize this, but Aspen, um, she poops. Yeah. yeah, that's right. She poops. Um, you can put her back up there. Um, so she poops. And, uh, and if you don't know anything about babies, if you've never had a little sibling or a little niece or nephew or anything, um, she doesn't know to get on the toilet 
and, and poop in the toilet and wipe her own butt and flush the toilet. I'm like, she doesn't know that. Like, I don't know what's wrong with my daughter. I think we're gonna take her back or something like that. But, um, but anyway, so, so she poops and then uh, you have to change the diaper and it's gross and wipes and everything. And sometimes it gets on your hand. You gotta wipe it on your leg or something like that. Um, it's, it's just, it's not the most pleasant thing in the world. Uh, babies poop, it just happens. Um, you know what I'm saying? And so anyway, so this is what I do with my daughter when I'm watching my daughter alone. And my, I'll be like, hey, babe, go get your fingers done, nails done or all that kind of stuff. Just go, go take care of yourself. I do that, try to do that like once or twice a week just so she gets some, have some me time because she stays home every day with the kids and she's gotta have some adult conversations all that kind of stuff. So she'll be like, hey, don't forget to check Aspen's diaper. So there's a couple ways to check a diaper, and I do it the easy way, the smell test. You lift her up from behind, and you're like, okay, no poop. And you put her down, it's the easy thing to do. Some moms, and some of your moms might be in the room, you guys are sick in the head, you need Jesus. They do the finger test. They stick the finger in the diaper, and they touch the butt, and, and see if they feel the poop, and if they do, they get it on their hand and it's no big deal to them, they wipe it off and move on and go change the diaper. Like that's the grossest thing ever. Like seriously, some of your moms are like, yeah, yeah I did that. Uh, I won't point for your fingers or anything. And so, uh, but I don't do that. So I typically smell, have you ever heard, ever heard anyone say, hey, you think your poop doesn't stink? You've heard that before maybe. Well, Aspen's poop doesn't stink. Literally right now for this moment, it'll probably start stinking a week or so. Um, it doesn't stink, so I'll hold her up and I'll smell and, and she literally doesn't smell. And so I'll be like, she, she's clean. Like, she's definitely clean. My wife will come home an hour later and she'll, she'll check her diaper. She's a finger test or look. And she's like, Nate, she's dirty. And I'm like, well, I checked her diaper. And she's like, well, did, you, did you check it or did you smell it? And I'm like, I, I checked it. I checked her diaper and she wasn't dirty. And so what I like to do is I just like to, to check it lightly with the smell test and kind of just like let it go like it didn't happen and then I won't have to change it because I know my wife's gonna be home later and she's gonna change it. Like that's kind of jacked up, I know. It's kind of jacked up how I deal with roaches as well. But like I like to just kind of push them to the side and, and maybe they'll be gone and I can forget about them. Moses tried to do the same thing with his life. He tried to just say, you know what? I, I killed a man. Um, I, I abandoned my family my mom, brothers and sisters, and I abandoned my people that I could have saved that I bet God could have called him to. And so he abandoned his past and he swept it under the rug and Moses tried to run from his past but it was still there and he needed to address it. He knew what he needed to do but he didn't wanna do it. Another thing he had to face was his future. He had to face his future because he's getting ready to walk into Pharaoh's house. Let me tell you something about Pharaoh. He's the king of the biggest country, the biggest people in the entire world. So there's probably, I don't know, but millions strong Egyptians and they're killers and deadly and they've got millions of slaves that are the Israelites. And so he walks in that, that country, that precinct, whatever that is, that gated area, he walks into that, like they're gonna eat him for breakfast. They're gonna kill him. And so he has, to, he has to get out of the boat, like we talked about Peter last week, he has to get out of the boat, take that first step, he's gotta walk miles and hours and days to get back, and so he's gotta walk up in there and he's like, Pharaoh, let my people go. Like, that's a pretty like deadly future that he's dealing with right there. He doesn't wanna face his past because there's a lot of junk there. And, and maybe something happened to you, or maybe, maybe someone said something to you, or maybe you just don't wanna think about your past. Like I was, I was talking to a staff member of Church Unlimited, and she said, things have happened in my past, and there's something called triggers, and if someone does something, says something, or I smell something, then I clam up, 
because I don't wanna face my past. And I was like, wow, you're really honest that you know yourself very well. So counseling has helped in that. Pharaoh had to, I'm sorry, Moses had to face his past. And every one of us in the same way at some point has to face our past. But so he's scared of the future because he doesn't know if God's gonna allow Pharaoh to take him out. But then listen to what God says in verse 12. Exodus 3.12, but God answered, he answered, God answered. He says, I will certainly be with you. I love that, just so simple. And of course it goes on in that passage. But God says to Pharaoh, excuse me, once again to, to Moses, he says, I will certainly be with you. You don't know what your future entails, just like we talked about what Tim Tebow said. I, I don't know what my future holds, but I know who holds my future. God says it right there. He says, I will certainly be with you. And he was scared to death to face his past, to face the future. But if God is calling you to do something, he will certainly be with you as he was with Moses. The third and the last fear that he had to face was rejection. We talked about that the first week. DeQuaylen spoke to us, talked about Peter rejecting Jesus three times. He had to face rejection. Because Moses had a stutter. Moses had a stutter. He had a lift. And a lot of people laugh at people like that. Say, they talk funny, they talk different. But Moses, one of the fathers of our faith, had the exact same stutter. And Moses had to walk up to the king of Egypt, and he says, hey, hey let my people go. He was scared to death of being judged, of being made fun of. He was going to be rejected. There was no question of it. He was going to be rejected, but watch this. But Moses replied to the Lord. He said, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, eloquent either in the past or recently or since you have been speaking to your servant because I am slow and hesitant in speech. He had a speaking disorder, a speech disorder. Yahweh said to him, listen to this. Like if this isn't calling out, I don't know what it is. Who made the human mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf? seeing or blind, is it not I, Yahweh? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. Some of us sit there and say, man, I, I don't know what they're gonna say to me. I'm scared of how they're gonna respond. Are they gonna say, you may be my child, but I don't care what you have to say? Are they gonna say this? Are they gonna do this? Are they gonna abandon me? What's gonna happen? I don't know what's gonna happen. And I encourage all of us to say those words because I've said those words before. We gotta sit there and say, look at what God says. He says, who made the human mouth? Who makes him mute or death, seeing or blind? Is it not I? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. There's many times where I had to open my mouth where I didn't know what to say and God gives me the words to say. There's many times where I've walked on stages before. I remember um, in, in Florida, we had a, a student get shot and killed. It was January 1st, wrong place, wrong time. He gets shot and killed, and, and, and I go to this thing, it was called a prayer vigil, is what, what they called it, and, and I just walked up because I just wanted to be there for the family and all that, and they said, Nate Dooley, Pastor Nate, where is he? There's about 400 teenagers there, and they're all rough. And I'm like, right here, I'm about 25, 26 years old. He said, hey, will, will you lead this? And like, I didn't have time to think about what I was gonna say. And God used me to just speak encouragement over these people, speak boldness. And, and, and then as I began to open my mouth and say more, the mom took the mic and said, we need to offer forgiveness to these killers. When these, these rough dudes are standing up saying, let's get revenge, let's do this and that. And I'm just like, 
I didn't know what to say. And the Lord gave me the words to say. And then the mom comes in and offers forgiveness to her son that was killed less than 24 hours ago. God will give us the words to say if he's calling you. Listen, if the Lord's calling you to do something, he will equip you. If the Lord's calling you to do something, he will equip you. Don't forget that. Never forget that. I have learned that a very long time ago, and he will equip you. If he's calling you to go somewhere, to serve somewhere, to do something, to, to lead your team to Christ, to lead someone to Christ, to lead your parents to Christ, to go talk to your grandparents, to forgive someone, to break up with them, to end a relationship, he will be with you and he will equip you. But you gotta be willing to take, take that, that first step out of the boat to walk on water. You gotta face your future, which Moses was scared to death to do, because Moses had major fears, past, future, rejection. He didn't know what would happen, but he knew he needed to do it. When I was in college, uh, when, you, when some of y'all get into college, some of y'all are gonna go, how many of y'all are graduates right now? Some of y'all are graduates? About five of y'all. Sunday night, I'd love to see y'all at the college thing. We're doing a vision night Sunday night. Um, broadcast at 8.30 p.m. But some of y'all are going to college, and all of you someday will hopefully go to college or have next steps in your life. You have to take something called, a lot of times, public speaking, it was called speech communications. And when I signed up for speech communications, I'm like, it's not a big deal, I don't know what that means. And then I got there and they're like, this is basically public speaking 101. And I'm like, can I drop out of this? Like, I, I don't wanna take this. And you're like, you speak all the time, Nate, that's no big deal for you. No, not when I was 18 years old. I was scared to death to be in front of an audience. There was about 18 people in that class, it wasn't even a big class. I was freaked out, I got a C in the class. I almost failed what I am called to do, but, but I, I had to do it. I remember I, I got a friend's speech because I didn't want to prepare my own speech. I was scared to death, and so I got his speech, and I, I didn't prepare it. I just read it, and I read his, and I obviously didn't do that good of a job because I got a C in the class, um, but the, the thing is I had to do what I didn't want to do, and, and, I, and I did it, and I accomplished it. I didn't do a great job, but at the same time, I did it, so I accomplished what God was calling me to do, and here's the thing. Moses knew Beyond the shadow of a doubt, because God said to him face to face, essentially, that you need to face your past. You need to face the future, and you need to face rejection. You need to go back to Egypt. He's like, I can't. I don't know what to do. And he does it. So we're going to call the band out. We're going to sing one more song in just a minute. But here's the thing we got to learn from Moses. Moses faces fears when he didn't want to. Moses faces fears when he didn't want to. Listen, all of us are, have the chance to face fears and, and we don't want to. I don't like facing fears. Here's something that I believe God's calling us to do, but I'm scared to say it out loud. Like Pastor Bill called us out on Sunday. If you weren't in church on Sunday, you need to come. It was powerful. We got a little charismatic in there. He's like, say your fear, say what God's calling you to do. And everybody's screaming out stuff in service. And I'm like, holy cow. And I was actually watching in my office because I was actually a little sick at the time. But, but at the same time, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I know that God's calling us to reach 1,000 students by January. We reach about 400 right now, all campuses, and I believe that God's calling us to reach 1,000 students. And I believe on September 6th, we're gonna have 600 students here, and I believe on September 13th, the week after, we're gonna have 900 all campuses. You can't reach 1,000 weekly until you reach 1,000 once. And so I believe on September 13th, all campuses, we're gonna have 900 students. That's over doubling our ministry in just a few weeks' time. I believe God's gonna do it. But I'm gonna be honest with you, You don't have to applaud because I'm sitting here telling you, I'm scared. Like, I I know that can't happen in my power and I don't like things that are outside of my power because you give me something to do, I'm going to do it. You tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. 
Somebody said to me the other day, they said, hey, you can't hire him. I said, watch me. That next day I hired him to do something. It was just something simple, wasn't a big deal, but at the same time, you tell me not to do something, I'm gonna do it. That's just how I roll. But like when it comes to, I believe God's calling us to reach a 1,000 students, I'm like, I cannot do that. I can't be in every school. I can't do every relationship. It's on y'all. And so we've gotta raise y'all up to do it. And I'm just like, that freaks me out. Like that scares me a little bit because that's, that's way beyond me. But I believe God's calling us way beyond ourselves. I mean, look at camp. We fasted and prayed. Our staff, a lot of our volunteers, fasted and prayed for 500 students to show up at camp. We fasted and prayed for 100 students to be baptized. 565 students showed up, and we baptized about 136 students. I mean, it was crazy what God did because we called upon him. Now it's time for us as a ministry to call upon him. And so as a ministry, we're fasting on Monday for 1,000 students. It's real simple. We're giving up food for the entire day, and I'm encouraging you to do the same thing. Our staff is gonna do it. Our volunteers said many of them are gonna do it, and I encourage you to do the same thing. So if you wanna fast with us this coming Monday, five days from now, could be wrong in my math, I want you to shoot me a text. Most of y'all have my number. If not, just come up to me, I'll give it to you. Text me, and I'll put you on a group text or like a group me or something like that, and I just wanna send you scripture throughout the entire day because we're gonna call upon God for something that we can't do to accomplish what he wants to do. And so... With Moses, God showed up, God went with him, he equipped him, and I encourage you to finish the story. Exodus four is where the story continues on. It's pretty incredible what God does. If you don't know the story of Moses in the burning bush and he went back and the plagues and all that kind of stuff, like God showed up and God showed off. Like he annihilated Pharaoh. He freed the people, and it's an amazing story of God's providence and his strength, and he did some incredible things. So God's calling some of you to face your fears to have that conversation, to win that friend to Christ, to bring your parents to church, to bring your whole family to church, to forgive that person that you hate, to stop cutting. God's calling many of you to face those fears that you don't wanna face, and I wanna encourage you, have the courage. There's no secret ingredient. It's getting out of the boat. It's pulling that pant leg up and getting out of the boat. It's Moses saying, here I am, comfortable in the middle of the desert but I gotta go, I gotta walk to my grave because I'm probably gonna die. He says, all right, let's go. There's no secret. Like he got on a camel, got on a horse, or put his sandals on, and he just starts walking. Some of us just gotta go and face the fears that God's calling us to face. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Listen, I really do believe, as I said, that God's calling us to something more than just sitting in these seats, to being comfortable with an encouraging message that's gonna challenge you a little bit to do some neat things. And I think many of us in the seats, I'm gonna be honest with y'all, because it's a lot of our core students, a couple guests in here, man, I praise y'all for being here, but I'm gonna speak to our core students right now. I think a lot of you are a little too comfortable. And I would say I am too, that's why I'm kind of putting that, that, that out there that we need to reach 1,000 students and 900 within, I guess, three weeks or whatever it is. But here's what I don't wanna see. I don't wanna see the same students every week. I do wanna see you, I wanna have a relationship with you and I wanna invest in you and I want you over at my house, come hang out with me, we'll eat the dooley cookies, they're delicious. But I wanna see you bringing friends to Christ. I wanna see you facing fears and saying, hey, this friend that I brought this week, it's taken me six weeks to bring this one person and I'm gonna sit there and judge you from the inside of my flesh and I'm gonna say, why's it taking you six weeks to bring one person? And then you're gonna say, because I hated him when you first challenged me to bring somebody. And I'm gonna go, whoa, it just got real. And I'm gonna go, so tell me about it. 
and he came to know Christ tonight. In fact, I have a feeling that story's gonna happen and that might be you. Face the fears that God's calling you to face. Get out of your comfort zone. We should not be comfortable as Christians. We should be uncomfortable and, 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 and challenged on a weekly basis. But guess what? That's the most exciting, that's the most exhilarating, that's the most rewarding roller coaster that you could ever go on in your entire life. I told the middle schoolers, I participated in some very stupid sin. I've done a lot of fun things. And then I woke up. And then I broke up. And then the relationship ended and I had to deal with the consequences. I had to deal with the teachers. I had to deal with the, the law. And that fun was very, very, very short. But the joy and the excitement that I've experienced in a relationship with Christ and knowing him, there's nothing that compares to that. And so I wanna encourage you, that the, the message is simple tonight. Face that fear that you need to face, whatever it may be. And if you don't know what it is, I encourage you to think about 20 friends that you need to lead to Christ, because you can do it, every single one of you. You say, I don't know any lost people. Go meet them, go find them. Because God's getting ready to do something in you before he works through you. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for Moses, because uh, his story was incredible. It's just, just a picture of us, how how we don't, don't wanna do what you're calling us to do, but he did it anyway. And he faced his fears, and then Peter, who's just, he saw the waves coming, and he freaked out, and he took his eyes off you, and then he started to sink, but then when he looked up to you, you rescued him. And then Peter, once again, who rejected you three times, Lord, we reject you so much every single day. Lord, I pray that we have the strength to be obedient to what you're calling us to do and to face that fear to be bold in our faith and to stand up and stand out and lead our friends and lead our family and lead ourselves, because you're not gonna work through us until you work in us in our quiet place. Lord, as we sing this song, as we, we sing about facing fears and walking upon the waters, Lord, I pray that we just cry out. And if we don't wanna sing, that's fine, but Lord, let us just hear the words of the song, read the words of the song and pray them out from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to do ministry in your house and to reach people for Jesus. In your name we pray.